Hi there, I'm David Murray from davidalamurray.com. Today I'm speaking with Thomas Murray. Thomas is an IT consultant who has carved himself a successful career in a very competitive industry. He has a unique skill in that he is very successful at job interviews and has a high ratio of success in terms of interviews attended and the role being offered to him. He shares the tips and techniques that you need so you can be successful at job interviews. If you read the podcast notes, you will see that I have added a link which will give you access to download your free job interview success tips and techniques. So do check out the show notes and download your free copy today. And if you check out my website, you'll also find details of my next live workshops and events and lots of tools and techniques to help you to communicate with confidence. And you can even sign up to my newsletter. If you like the podcast, if I can invite you to please subscribe and leave a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. This means it will help the podcast reach others who might find it useful. Thanks a lot for listening. Hey there, you're listening to the David Murray Public Speaking Podcast. To find out more, you can visit me at davidalamurray.com. Hello, welcome to the show. Today, my very special guest is an IT consultant who has carved himself a successful career in a very competitive industry. May I introduce you to Thomas Murray. Thomas, how are you? I'm doing very well, David. Thank you very much. Um, how are you doing? Very good, thank you. And thank you for joining the show today. You're welcome. Now, I know that you have a, a very unique skill in terms of your industry, and it is that you are very successful at job interviews. Would you agree? Yes, I would. I think my ratio of success is very high. And what I'd like to talk about today, if that's okay, is a little bit about what you do and the industry you're in, and particularly how you cope with managing, you know, attending interviews, what sort of preparation you do beforehand, and if there's any secrets that you can share with us in terms of helping us with our next interviews. Is that okay? Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Well, let's get straight into it then. Thomas. What do you do? I help businesses across all sectors, primarily e-commerce, marketing, government and education. I'll be brought on board to plan, assess and migrate a business infrastructure needs to, to the cloud, primarily Microsoft Azure. What does that mean? That means assessing what a business currently has, be that from a hardware environment, um, planning from that hardware environment to a cloud environment, as I said, Microsoft Azure, and then ultimately doing the migration or assisting with that migration from on-premise to the cloud. Thank you. And for some of us who might not be familiar with that, is that specifically within the IT industry? It sounds like IT. Um, what is that? Well, basically, we already all of us already use the cloud in some component. If you use an online email system like Outlook, you've probably been using... Um, Hotmail for the last 20 years. That has always been a cloud-based solution. So think of it as um, a business moving all of their hardware. What What is hardware? That would be a computer box. Moving that to the cloud, but no longer having to look after that box. That box, from a software level, is looked after by you, maintained by you, 
but you don't have to worry about any component within that box going wrong. Okay, because I remember, maybe it's the olden days and showing my age here, but if you're buying, say you buy a laptop and you're going to install install software, you tended to have disks and all of that kind of thing. Is it kind of means that essentially we don't need to do that anymore and we take everything from this kind of virtual cloud basis? Is that, is that what it is? Absolutely. So businesses ultimately look at how much stuff is going to cost and stuff primarily is how much is the cloud stuff going to cost so you look at so if you take away buying software buying hardware um, uh, reducing the amount of people that look after the har hardware the businesses will see that a move to the cloud ultimately but not initially over a period of time will save them money going forward thank you very much it would be good to understand a little bit about the competitive nature of the industry that you're in. Now, I know through conversations we've had, it can be quite competitive. I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit about that, please. Well, most of my roles, um, I'm either approached for a role or I look for a role that's on a job board. Um, the downside for the job board is that there will be hundreds of individuals applying for a role at any one time. So the benefits of being approached for a role is Quite simply, the recruiter has seen your CV, determined that you are a good enough candidate to be put forward in the first place, which gives you a higher chance of success, but also not having to do too many applications at one time, because it's quite hard to manage. So I was wondering if you can tell us a little bit about the specifics of the industry you're in, in terms of its competitiveness. I know that's something you've talked about, is that it is quite a competitive industry, can you tell us a little bit about that and what that means, please? Well, with all new technologies, um, um, you tend to get a period with new technologies where everybody within the industry that are interested decides to jump on that technology because it means that they'll get a salary increase. Okay. The downside is it means that uh, lots of people are applying for a job that they're not really qualified for. Uh, again, that's the recruitment consultant's uh, role to sift those candidates that don't necessarily have the in inverted commas, time served within that, within that technology. Yeah. Um, what I'm hearing is that for particular roles that you go for, there is a large number of applicants going for those roles. Is that right? Yes, I agree. I think the nature of it is when a job is posted on a job board, hundreds and hundreds of people can see that job's available. I think most people look to see how much the job's paying and then maybe change what's on their CV to maybe match the requirement for the role. So what you're saying is that a lot of people can go for roles who aren't necessarily qualified to do them. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so what happens is, is that uh, um, agencies do keyword searches. So that is how your CV will ultimately be plucked out from the hundreds that apply. Then they will look at uh, your length of time in the industry, how many roles, yeah. how many roles you've had, um, and maybe what clients you've worked for. So that's a secondary sifting process that I would expect to see. So the first one would rule out uh, the candidates that don't have the time served within the industry that would align with their um, you know, curriculum vitae that says that they have this skill over this time. Yes. And a good recruiter will then pluck out five to ten have another sifting process after that and then make five telephone calls to see if individuals are actually available. 
So give us an idea then. How many people have you learned on average go for kind of particular roles that you're after then? Well, if I look at my current role, I've been told that um, 120 people applied for it. 120. 120, which is a which is probably about an average these days. Um, um, the agencies quite rightly don't publish who the client is uh, because you'd probably get more people applying then. Um, but I think in this day and age, you'll find that recruiters now limit the amount of CVs that they have submitted by not publishing how much does the the salary is going to be paid because that quite rightly or wrongly will attract a certain type of, in, of individual. You know, rather than looking at the job title, the sector it's in, they'll go maybe to the bottom of the page and see how much it's paying per day, which isn't always about what the role's about. You can negotiate and talk about that afterwards once you yes. have the chat with the agent itself. I guess a great question to ask then is that for people who are in any industry going for roles, who there may be lots of demand, lots of applicants for roles, is what one piece of advice would you give us to help us shine or maybe help our CV shine above other people's? I would say one, be honest on your CV and two, be able to back it up when you're questioned about it. Those are the two major failings that I see that most people do. But also I think with a CV, it's a work in pro progress. And once you invest in your CV, then you have an emotional attachment to it. Then you'll be able to stand behind it and say, you know, this is me, this, this correctly portrays me, and I'm proud to stand there and be questioned about it. And you should also be the expert on yourself. When you're yes. sat somewhere being questioned about what you've done over the last year or two, you should know the answers. This is absolutely fantastic. And I know that a lot of people will be listening and will probably be making notes because this is invaluable information. Thank you so much. Something I would like to ask you is how many job interviews have you had over the past five years? I think I think in an ideal world, I'd like to say just one and I was still in that <laughs> yeah. role. But the nature of the industry being competitive and businesses moving on and because of what I do, being migration, stroke transformation, projects don't run that long. Okay. So I would say over the last five years, I've probably had 25 interviews. 25 interviews. And that's because the nature of the work that you do, it tends to be short-term contracts. Is that right? Yes. The longest contract I've had has been 18 months. And you, you have to work in a very particular way when you're an IT contractor. You cannot stay somewhere too, too long. Uh, because the law says that you are not allowed to for various reasons. Of all those 25 interviews that you've had over the last five years, what's your success rate? I would say, hand on heart, 80%. So that's 80% of those interviews that you had, you were offered the role? Yes. And if you're going to ask me how many of those did I accept, I would say I probably accepted 50% of those. So I probably accepted. So in the last five years, I've had... 12 to 15 roles. 12 to 15 roles, and that's incredible. Over the last five years, did you have one year where you had your record number of interviews or record number of roles that you took? Yes, I did. So um, 2016 to 2017, if I look at it from the tax year, March 2016 to April 2017, I had six roles in that year. And that wasn't because I decided to chop and change, and it wasn't because I was looking for more, for more money. It was just the nature of working in the cloud for that one 12-month spell. Lots of projects would have me on board and say it was for six months and it ended up only being for three months. Uh, you know, again, six months ended up only being for two months. So last year was excessive for me. Uh, usually, I would only take one 
maximum two roles per year. It was just the nature of the way work flowed last year. In the industry that you're in, in the type of work that you do, you need to be flexible in terms of length of contracts, in terms of seeking out new opportunities. I think you have to be realistic. I think, you know, somebody may, a business may nicely offer you, you know, one year contract, but the notice period might be a week or a month. And if you've been contracting for the length of time that I have, the contract really only is worth the length of notice period you you know you ultimately have. Yes. And 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 you know if you're let go because funds run out, you know, and that happens an awful lot in the cloud. People go over budget, don't realise ultimately how much things are going to cost. Even though part of my role is doing those cost projections, a business still doesn't really know how much things are going to cost yeah. until they run for a business quarter. Mm. So lots of that year was because either a project finished early or I delivered what I came on board early to do, or because they ran out of money. So I think you have to be realistic. You can't just say, right, I've got a year, I've signed up for a year, I'm going to be here for a year. The nature of contracting is a temporary, flexible work workforce, and you have to treat it as such. Thank you. And I guess with, with the way the general environment is, is, is changing, with uh, a lot more flexible working, I guess more and more people are probably having to be more flexible in terms of their approach to work. Certainly the idea of a jobs for life really is, probably isn't there anymore, is it? Absolutely. I think you know, I myself have changed careers and I changed career 20 years ago and um, I had a career before this, which I, which I really, really enjoyed, but ultimately didn't give me the longevity that I sought. Um, I'm lucky enough to work my way into an industry where I've come from, in, in essence, fixing things to now just fixing big businesses. Um, I still really enjoy what I do. Um, I enjoy the cloud platform purely because things change so fast. So it has to keep me on my toes. And for me to keep relevant, I have to keep learning in this uh, field. Otherwise, I'll get caught out. And if I give you an example, I can walk into a me meeting and be out of date because I've, I haven't read the most recent blog. Yeah. So that's what wow. I like about it the most. Um, so yeah, it keeps me on my toes and keeps me interested. Thomas, we've talked about how you have had 25 interviews over the past five years and have about an 80% success rate. I wonder if you can tell us if you've noticed any common themes across the interviews or the interviews that you've met that you could share with us. The common theme between all interviews is the is that I have found that the interviewer hasn't actually read your CV until you enter the room. And it's your job to put yourself across as best as possible and align what you're talking about to what's the content in your CV. Okay. Because it's a representation of you. Um, you've worked hard over the last few years and you should be proud of what you have down there. Yeah. And I find that that is generally the theme that uh, you should know your CV, you should be proud of it. And you should be able to um, ask, answer questions because you will be stopped once you go back through your record over a number of years. Most interviewers aren't interested in my field, what you've done two years ago. It's about what you've done in the last 24 months. Because the, the, the field itself moves on so quickly, they'll look at the first page of your CV, yeah. have you talked through it, pick up the points as you're going along and then question you on those points. Okay. And a, another tip I would give is, is don't have your CV too long. In the IT industry, it's very tempting to just bolt on your new job and then push your other jobs further down along the pages. Um, a, a CV resume um, person once told me, 
you should be able to present yourself on two, maximum three sides of A4. That's good advice. Thank you. To sum up there, you're saying it's important to review your CV and know what's in it, particularly if you've kind of tailored it for that particular job. Well, you may not have necessarily tailored it for the job because then that would be, you may elevate some of the skills that you've done in other jobs to make them slightly higher up and match what that company requires. Yes. But you should be able to verbatim talk about what you've done over the last two years because it's your chance to impress. Yeah. It's the chance for the interviewer to see how you communicate, mm -hmm. communicate under pressure, yeah. and also to see if you can answer questions when they, when they pull you up on stuff, on your content. So what's your strategy, apart from knowing your CV and reviewing it beforehand, what's your strategy for preparing for an interview? Well, mine's quite funny, really. Um, an in, a recruitment consultant will always send me the LinkedIn profile of the people that are interviewing me. I always, as a rule for myself, never look at those. I never do. Really? Never do. Um, I would rather go in and be prepared with knowledge that I've gathered about the information about the company from their website. Yes. Um, I'm confident enough that I'm going to portray my CV well enough because I have enough practice in it and I know the content. So my preparation generally revolves around what the company does, mm -hmm. preparing a few questions because yeah. those are very important. You know, I tend to. One question I always ask is, I always ask how long those individuals have worked there. Yes. Which is um, an important one for me because it gives me an idea of the culture, how long people stay. Yes. Um, but again, I actively avoid, and it's just a personal thing for me, looking at an individual's LinkedIn profile before I visit the interview. Thank you very much. Do you get nervous before an interview and do you have a particular way which you prepare yourself beforehand? So not specifically about looking at the the company information and the CV stuff that you've mentioned to us already, but kind of you personally, is there anything that you do for yourself on that kind of interview day? And do you get nervous? I think it's only natural to get nervous ultimately, but for the interview day itself, preparation is everything. Is one, make sure you get there on time, even if you're very early. You want to remove as much stress as possible and as much, it's going to be stressful enough as it is sat in front of two, three or four people, four, three or four people asking you questions. Yes. Remove as much stress as you can. Make sure you've had a lunch or breakfast, depending on the time of day you're going. And make sure you've had enough to drink because you will be the one doing all the talking. Your mouth will get dry. Yes. Um, although um, I would say you will be offered a glass of water when you work in, walk in always politely accept because you yes. will need to take a drink once you're in there talking. And it's a good way of actually, if you're asked a question, you can take a sip of water to give yourself time to think about the answer. Am I right? Absolutely. It gives you a good chance to think. And uh, another technique I would say is, is more often than not in interview rooms, there'll be a jug of water and a few glasses. Don't just pour yourself one. Ask if the others want one too. So we've talked about how you prepare going into an interview we've talked about actually once you're in the room itself and it's a, and you've given us some great tips there in terms of take a glass of water use it because you can a your mouth will be dry because you're talking a lot and b because it gives you time to think about an answer to a question and also you'll talk about be very personable to the people that are interviewing you so i wonder is there anything that you do immediately after an interview do you mean the walk out of the building with the people who are escorting you away yes uh I, th I firmly believe that you're being interviewed once you meet the person yes. and they bring you into the building until you walk out of the building. So 
Um, I would honestly say most jobs are won or lost on the walk-in and then maybe the small small talk you have before and maybe the small talk you have afterwards. If I give you an example, uh, last year I turned up for an interview early in the morning. The role that I had was a dress-down role, so I was wearing jeans and trainers. I had communicated to the um, uh, recruitment consultant that I would be going in very informal yes. wear. I could tell as soon as I turned up because my interviewer scanned what I was wearing so I could see that he hadn't been told. So I immediately just explained in a light and in a humorous way. I made light, light of it, you know, something along the lines of I'll have a good chat with him, you know, him afterwards because this could be really awkward otherwise. Yes. And then everything was absolutely fine. So I think, you know, you're being interviewed once you meet that person, before you shake their hand and up until you leave the building and the, the lift journey down where everything becomes a little bit less informal. I would say not being on your guard is important, but just be you. Just be relaxed. Yes. Just because you're out of the interview room doesn't mean you're not being interviewed. So be aware of that. Thank you very much. And I know with your success rate, 80% success rate, you probably don't experience this often. However... Is there any advice you could give us very briefly for somebody who did go for a role, didn't get the job offer, should they ask for feedback from the company? I personally think it's very rude if you don't get feedback. I mean, you've invested time in going and seeing them and an interview ultimately is you interviewing them to see if you want to work, work there as well. So I think an agent will always ring you and ask you what your feedback was afterwards because the majority of the time they're trying to get a heads up on the questions being asked so that yes. they can let their next candidate know. Um, so I think it's only good practice that you should be given feedback afterwards because it's only polite. Great. And if you're not readily given feedback, you should definitely ask for it. I would ask once. And if you're not, if you're not furnished, uh, given the, the feedback, then, then don't push. They're obviously not a place you'd want to work with anyway. Mythbuster. Thomas, when people think about job interviews, they can get nervous. What negative thing do people think will happen during an interview but never does? I think one of the biggest ones is, and it's always a difficult one, is when they say, uh, tell us about your weaknesses. Yes. And uh, I always have a funny answer to that, and then I give them a serious answer afterwards. I always start with, my biggest weakness is supporting Spurs. Yeah. But then I'll go on to say that um, I have a tendency to try to help people probably a bit too much beyond the bounds of what's required for the business, because I feel that without passing on the knowledge that I have um, and be as helpful as I can, because I started that way too, um, then I'm not being helpful to the business. In terms of a myth buster, what we're saying is that myth that we'll be asked the question that what's our biggest weakness, actually what you're saying is it's not a myth. We might well be asked that question, but we should try to take a more lighthearted view on it and a more serious view on it. Is that right? Yes, I mean, I've turned uh, uh, what could be a challenging question into a positive one for, you know, for a business. And it's an honest answer I've given. Um, I began in IT by not knowing a great deal. And I got better because I yeah. asked questions. Thank you very much. Something I like to ask everybody is, you know, over the course of your career, you've developed a lot of insights, a lot of experience. But if there was one thing you know now that you could go back to yourself and tell yourself all those years ago when you started out in your career, in your professional career, something you wish you'd known at the beginning, is there a piece of advice you'd like to share with yourself? Yeah, if I look back, particularly the last six or seven years, is 
I've always resisted change and that has held me back. I would be far further in my career if I hadn't stayed in, two, in roles overly long. Um, the last six, seven years have, have really accelerated my career because as I've discussed, I've had to change jobs an awful lot, which has forced me to learn quickly, to move on, and at times take a job that might have been just a little bit beyond my grasp, but has forced me to learn. Before that, I had a tendency to stay in a role because I enjoyed the role, it was safe, secure, and I enjoyed the environment. And change isn't always a problem. It can be a, an empower. Thank you. So change is good. Embrace it and you will grow in confidence. It forces you to learn. Thomas, thank you so much for sharing your insight with me today. I hope you're having a good time. Yes, I am. Thank you. We're almost done, but I wonder if we can turn the tables a little bit where we can pretend that we're in an interview room I'm your interviewer. I'm going to ask you three very quick questions. I wonder if I can get your responses to them, please. Of course, that'd be fun. Great. Number one, what are your biggest weaknesses? Supporting Tottenham Hotspur. Number two, what are your biggest strengths? My family are my biggest strength. And number three, an absolute classic from the interview world, where do you see yourself in five years? I still see myself working in IT, but doing a significantly reduced week, two to three days per week, so that I can spend more time with my family, ultimately enjoy life a bit more. Thank you very much. A final question is, do you have a funny interview moment that you'd like to share? I think the one where I turned up dressed down, significantly dressed down. Yeah. And as I said earlier, the guy scanned me and I could see he's thinking, <laughs> what on earth is this guy wearing for an interview? And yeah. until I made light, a light-hearted joke about what I was wearing and the fact that he hadn't been informed, it could have been very awkward otherwise. Oh, yeah, and I think it's a good good point that you've made there as well is is that you've got to expect the unexpected in interviews as well haven't you you have to you have to you know um you can be in a room full of four or five individuals some will speak and some won't some are more comfortable speaking than others but you will always get a question that you haven't prepared for so preparation is everything thomas thank you very much thank you so much for today thomas i really appreciate it i wonder if people are interested in finding a little bit more about you and what you do where can they find you? I'm happy to share my LinkedIn profile information for you. Oh, brilliant. So I'll add that into the podcast notes. Thank you very much. And finally, what's next for Thomas Murray? Well, we're only, I'm only a few weeks, days away from having my second child. Wow. So um, really looking forward to that. Not looking too far beyond that right now because I know it's going to be an exceptionally yes. busy time. Oh, well, I wish you the best of luck for you and your family for your new adventure. Thank you so much for your time today. I hope you've had as much fun as I have. Yes, I have. It's been really good fun. Thank you, David. Thomas, thank you very much. And thanks to everybody for listening. Speak to you next week. If you'd like to find out more, you can visit me at davidalamari.com.